Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast, where we discuss the gospel, freedom in Christ, and victorious Christianity. My name is Emily Lewis, and I am so honored that you are here. Sometimes Christianity can feel complicated or become heavy. I'm here to lighten that load. I pray that the chats had on this broadcast will empower and encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Hi there, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. Before we get into today's awesome conversation around boundaries and healing from toxic situations, I wanted to make sure that you knew that the doors to heal your relationship with God are finally open. Yay! I'm so excited to be able to invite you inside this course Heal Your Relationship with God will help you grow a deeper, more personal relationship with God. The course will help you identify misconceptions that you've been believing about God, help you reframe your view of who He is and how He interacts with you, and give you practical tools to help you replace guilt and fear with love and grace. So Heal Your Relationship with God is perfect for you. If you are used to working hard for God and want to know how to let God's love inform everything that you are doing. The gospel says that you are loved and accepted just as you are. This course will help you learn how to apply the good news of grace to your relationship with God and your everyday life. So not only will you experience a deeper connection with God when you get a hold of the truth inside of this course, but you will also Heal your relationship with yourself. And be able to love others around you out of the depths of God's love for you. Go over to emilyklewis.com forward slash heal now. Get in the course. You can start taking action immediately. And... There is a four-week boot camp that goes with this course. I want to really partner with you and walk with you as you're healing and as you're unpacking things and growing and learning new things. I can't wait to see you inside of there. It's going to be so powerful and transformative in your life. Today, I have an interview for you with a relationship coach and the founder of Take Flight Coaching, Marissa Mize. She supports women in untangling and healing from toxic relationships. She is passionate about helping women grow more confident. And today we talk about healthy boundaries, which is one of the ways that she supports women while they're healing. Her zone of genius is seeing the potential in women, helping them believe in themselves and holding them accountable to take action toward the life and relationships of their dreams. Boundaries is something that I get asked about sometimes, but it is not my zone of genius. It is Marissa's and I'm happy that I could bring her on and learn from her myself and share this conversation with you. So enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast, Marissa. Thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm so glad to talk to you today. So we're going to talk about boundaries and learning to be in relationship. Like how do we navigate relationship with narcissism when narcissism is present and how do we 
trust our gut instinct. So I'm really excited to dive in um, to all of that. Could you tell me just a little bit about your backstory? How did you get into helping people recover from narcissism? Well, I don't help people recover from narcissism, but I do help women. Right. (laughs) But I do help women who have been in relationships with not only narcissists, but with people who are toxic because narcissism is like a medical diagnosis. So I don't use that as often as I see other people using it. So I tend to use toxic versus narcissist Mm -hmm. um, when I talk about these sorts of things. So I started because I was in a 12 year toxic marriage and followed by six years of very high conflict co-parenting. And I just knew that it was my mission to help other women navigate these very complex relationships, whether it's a toxic parent, an in-law, a boss, a friend, or a spouse. Mm -hmm. So what happened in the middle, like that, like allowed you to get free from like the toxic control and to stand in your own power and like do something about it. Um, when I left my marriage, you mean? Yeah. Or when, when, like after you said, even like parenting, co-parenting was toxic and hard. Like what changed? What did you change, um, to help you walk in, um, walk out of the toxicity, even though I think you're still co-parenting right? I am co-parenting. Yes. Um, my children are a little bit older. My youngest is almost out of high school. So, um, I always stayed the same with him. Like I did not, even during the toughest times when it was going back and forth to court and things like that, even when we weren't able to even look at each other or speak at sporting events for the kids, um, I wasn't nasty to him. You know what I mean? Like, even if we mm-hmm. weren't able to talk, so I just stayed consistent. I trade, I stayed true to myself because I always wanted to have a good relationship, maybe not be best friends, but I wanted it for my kids because they saw what was going on and it wasn't good. And so mm-hmm. I just, I stayed consistent. I stayed true to myself. And that's what I would say to people. It's like, don't get into the muck with them, like you're just going to get dirty too. So, um, rise above it as hard as it is and just be kind, even when it's just a bad situation. Mm -hmm. Do you find that most people are aware of the toxicity that they're in or does it help to define what is toxic? So people can realize that maybe what they're experiencing isn't quote unquote normal or um, they don't have to accept that kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. I don't think everyone does know because especially if you grow up in a toxic family and that's also, you know, so you are just used to an unhealthy environment. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, when we first were divorced and I had the peaceful house, like it was always what I wanted was just peace. Mm -hmm. My kids who were used to not fighting. We didn't fight, but it was very tense in the home when I was during my first marriage. And if we were playing at the park out to dinner, it didn't matter. Like one of them would all of a sudden 
bring it back to their normal. So they would be crying. They'd be upset that, you know, didn't want to leave the park and throwing a fit because they were really little at the time. And so they would bring it back to normal because that's what was comfortable to them. And mm-hmm. so it is important to realize, okay, that's not normal. It's toxic. And so toxic is um, when it's unhealthy, when it's unbalanced, when there is um, verbal abuse, emotional abuse. And, you know, I don't like to throw around that word a whole lot, but um, yeah, if you're being treated less than you should be, um, if you're being controlled, those are all things that are toxic and that you should set boundaries around. Mm -hmm. So what's the first step then? Like if you recognize you're in a toxic situation, like how do you start to put those boundaries around you? Because boundaries are super hard when you've been in there, that environment, at least for me, like setting any kind of, um, I don't know, boundary, any rule of how you can access me feels like almost like I'm trying to control them back or, you know, where do you start? Yeah. The first thing that I would suggest is figure out what you want out of life, out of your relationships, how you want to be treated, make a list and also make a list of what you don't want. Mm. Right. So how, what tone do you no longer want to accept? You know, are there certain words that you no longer want thrown your way? You know, how do you want to spend your time? So write down what you want your life to look like and build your boundaries around that. So your, cause your boundaries should support the life you want and the relationships you want. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. That's actually really helpful. Like you get to decide. Exactly. Because that autonomy, that decision-making is what is so often missing. Well, it, especially in a controlled environment, like where control is um, being had by an abuser or someone who's toxic. So yeah, for sure. Getting for sure. clear, getting clear on what you want. And it might take a while if you've been in that environment for a long time, or since you were very young, it might take you a while to figure out exactly what you want. And that's okay. You're not going to get it right. The first time around setting boundaries, you might set them too far, like, and set walls up and not let anybody in. And so it's like a pendulum, like you go like way too far with it. And then you come back around and like, you finally settle into, okay, this is what I want, but don't don't be afraid to make a mistake or say it wrong or to upset somebody. You know what I mean? I think a lot of times that we think, Oh, boundaries are mean. Like you were saying, like you think it's now I'm being controlling, but um, that's a perception that you have because you're thinking about their side of it versus and how they're going to feel versus, okay, this is how I want to support myself and to support my life and my future. So if you look at it that way versus I'm taking something away they had before, um, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To just support yourself and honor. I love that you said you don't have to be perfect with it. Just honor where you're at and it's okay if you change your mind. (laughs) Yes. You have the permission to change your mind because (laughs) boundaries don't always have to stay the same. You know what I mean? Like even if they're good for you like this today, in a few years, you might want something different and that's okay too. Like it, let your boundaries grow with you. Mm-hmm, right. 
And as you become more safe with yourself, it can be easier to let people in too. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. When you're talking specifically about marriage, I think boundaries and maybe codependency, I don't know, I might not be using that word right, but they can be over, like boundaries can be neglected a lot and we can swing over to like codependency and things. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like, how do you have a boundary in a marriage? Like, it seems like, you know, you're, you're one. How do you maintain your autonomy in that, in marriage? Yeah. Codependency happens a lot when you have a very strong individual with a more like compassionate person. Right. So a lot of times they find each other and people are like, Oh my gosh, I just attract narcissists. I just attract toxic people because I'm an empath and because I'm, you know, codependent and really like, yes. And you're, you attract a lot of people because you are an empath Mm. and you are compassionate. Mm -hmm. So it's not just you attract someone that wants to take advantage of your, um, you know, beautiful spirit and, you know, ability to love and give everyone's attracted to that. And so I think we need to, you know, rethink I'm a codependent. Thus I attract a narcissist. Mm. It's you're have codependent tendencies. Therefore everyone wants to be around you because you are a giver. So you just need to learn how much to give and not to just always get paired up with someone who only takes. Right. And so when you're in a relationship, yes, you know, you are one, but you're also individuals. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to respect each other's individuality and differences and allow your partner to be different from you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like my, my husband now I've been married now almost eight years and we are very different people, but we also appreciate the differences. So I think it's really important to let them be different. You know, mm-hmm. but it's okay to like different things. It's okay to li- listen to different music. It's okay to have different beliefs as long as you respect each other's beliefs. So Yes. Um, so yes, you can be individual and also be one in yes. a partnership. I love that you said that because sometimes, um, we get in this, uh, mindset of trying to convince somebody else to think our way or like, you can't like vanilla chocolate is obviously better. And instead of, like you said, just, uh, enjoying the difference. Cause even God doesn't force us to be one way. He's not controlling. Exactly. So yeah. We can, yeah. Well, he created us differently. So yeah, we should appreciate the fact that, um, he created all these different colored flowers. We can appreciate each other's differences. Not, you know, one flower is not better than the other. So mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Something else you said, uh, that kind of ties into what, one of the things that I'm learning in my life said, you said like, if you're an empath, not just being um, with somebody who only takes. And for me, I wouldn't call myself an empath, but I've definitely had to learn to receive. Can you talk to that a little bit? Like, what is it like to let down our guard 
and receive and not always have to be proving ourselves or giving. Mm -hmm. Well, it's where you find your value too. If you are that giving person, um, because you have heard probably your whole life, if you are one of those feeling people that that's what people appreciate about you. When right. And so you find that like that's where your value lies and your ability to give, we have to follow like our instincts. If you're in that position and you're only around like you tie it into being able to, I would imagine your you instincts. don't like at this point in your life, how do we an adult, if you have learned to listen to that, if you're probably feeling so empty. You're probably feeling like you're mm-hmm. like your love. You're going to have to get to know yourself all the way to empty. Again, like you're sure. feeling like, especially after being in a so toxic relationship. To, and so find some friends again with everything. It will is fill you up little baby steps. And, and that's so, you trust because I think when you've been when you pushing giver, down that voice for so you're long, less likely to, it's going to be very, very quiet and comfortable very, receiving. So you need to settle safe. because, and you're, it's used to you trust the person that is and so, willing to um, then feed learning into your life. to mm-hmm. right. Every time you're got, when people like, offer for help, is offer like, help. Mm, there's something not right saying here. yes, even though instead of you might look and go, well, I like, oh my I gosh, could do it without their help. You know, I, it's just learning because to I'm, just say yes, you know, please, that would shy be great. Thank or I'm an introvert. Thank you for offering your help. Or I've noticed it with compliments. Learning don't go to receive, people. don't go like, to even in the event. smallest whatever ways, it is, is teaching, you know what I mean? Like, and it teaching ourselves and so we like, don't have you're to just blowing things out of proportion, earn something. Every like, and we are enough, it it's we are worthy, just, a just the way we are, like, and take notice. And then also take notice receiving. when you don't listen to it, and then mm-hmm. things like, yeah, go off start the small, like the event was like just bad, or it just it's okay for it's okay to be like, oh, yeah, thank you, I did all, and you're really pretty great. I did. Have that one little. I think we spend feeling. a lot of time gonna, deflecting and write those. it down. Like, <laughs> but my yeah. gut was telling and me women this, in general and I didn't do that listen. a lot. And then this happened. Yes. Yeah. So if I or would like have the classic, listened to my gut, I could have said, "Like your top, you know, like, oh, thanks, I got it at such and such you know, place, or I only paid this so much for instead of absorbing." Thank you. Like immediately turn it around when you're at home instead of going and getting dressed and going around about a bunch of people that maybe we're gossiping and, you know, which it always feels really gross. Right. And talking about other people and you could have just listened to your gut and said, I'm just going to sit this one out. Right. Cause our intuition can be trusted. Why do you think we all, <laughs> I guess I can't gen- overgeneralize, but why do you think so many of us don't trust our instinct? or our intuition? Mm. That's a good question. Um, I think especially if you've grown up like we have in the church, Mm -hmm. um, we're really taught um, X, Y, Z rules instead of like listening to your intuition or like we believe the Holy Spirit Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, if it, if you come from a very legalistic church where you have to follow certain rules to be good, um, then you're just trying to follow rules to be good instead of following your intuition, which, and the Holy spirit to guide you to where you should go instead of following the rules to get to someone else's finish line. 
Oh, that's good. Yes. Cause we do, we do spend a lot of time chasing someone else's finish line and it's hard to follow our own intuition or what the Holy spirit individually wants to work in our lives when we're looking at somebody else's like what the plans God has for their life rather than what he's trying to map out and nudge us towards. Mm-hmm. Love that. Switching gears a little bit. When you knew you needed to leave your toxic marriage, like that intuition, that nudge. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about how the church doesn't support that. So it's a very almost brave thing to do to stand up for yourself. How did you follow that intuition to protect yourself and your kids and leave a toxic marriage? Was it a process? I'm sure it was. Um, yeah, it was a process. Um, although like once the ball still started rolling, it went really fast. Mm. Um, so I just felt like if I didn't make a change, like I was going to die, not physically, but you know, like you feel like you're just suffocating Mm -hmm. and that's how I felt. And so I just knew like we were in counseling, we went, um, separately and then we went together and like, basically we decided like together, like, yeah, it's time to like, this is not, we're not going to make this work. And so like at our last, like counseling session together we told the counselor and like he was like devastated (laughs) sure (laughs) like we both cried I mean it was it's sad like to break up a marriage is very sad um but yeah it was definitely a process and not one that you know you take lightly especially growing up and like it's the worst thing that a Christian can do is get divorced besides you know (laughs) get pregnant outside of marriage right Um, yes (laughs) <laughs> it's like, mm. you know, like the two things are like, oh my gosh, right. Never happens to me. And I'm like, yeah, I have, it both happened to me. <laughs> so <laughs> that happened to me. There were, you know, choices, but, yes. um, yeah, but yeah, it was not easy. My parents did not support my decision at all. Um, mm. which was not easy because when I was telling them, I was just thinking about it. And I, I don't talk very often about this openly just because, um, out of respect for my parents, but they were like, yeah, you, you can't, I was like, I don't think I can stay married. They're like, well, you have to <laughs> like, Oh, you don't have another like, choice. But, and I'm here, I'm crying on the phone with them. And I'm saying, I just don't think I can do it any longer. And it was like, well, you don't have a choice. Once you're married, this is the one. And that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. And so that was not easy. And, um, thankfully like that relationship has been restored and, um, they're very supportive now. They love my husband. We also, you know, we still have my ex-husband in our life. He spent Christmas with all of us. And so like, like miracles can happen. So if you have an ex who is a stinker and he Mm -hmm. is really difficult, I can't promise that you can ever be in the same room, but I mean, it's happened. And I never, I mean, couldn't look at each other for six years 
And we've spent every major holiday in the past year together. Wow. That is huge. So would you, at the beginning, you talked about how you were firm about like treating him with respect. I don't know if that that wasn't the word you used, but respecting yourself at least in how you treated him and putting up strong boundaries. What would you attribute being able to repair that to the level that it has been? Um, well, it's always what I wanted. Um, Hmm. I remember when we first got divorced, like we would, we would hang out, he would come over, um, and grill out. We would go out to dinner after, you know, the football games and whatever. And, um, I always like, was like, I hope someday we can all, you know, get a cabin and have Christmas together. And people thought I would like, would tell my best friend, she was like, you're crazy. And then, and then the wheels fell off and like all the court stuff started happening. And I was like, well, maybe we're never going to get that. And, um, then some things happened in his life and he came back around. He's like, oh my gosh, I was really bad. And so he, we had a long talk and he apologized and he was like, I can't believe that I did that to you. I did that to you. I took you to court. I was, it was terrible. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, and so, and I was very quick to forgive because why not? He's the father of my children. Um, of course there's very strong boundaries around that relationship. You know, it's like, I'm calling him and talking every day. Like, right. We just, we talk about the kids, um, but it's just, I always wanted it for my kids because it's, it's good for them not to have to choose who to spend what holiday with. And it's, it's been really good. And so if you can have that relationship, if Mm -hmm. there can be healing, if you are up for it, um, And the other side is as well, I would definitely encourage it, but with boundaries, with, you know, like protect yourself because you know what can happen. And it's, you know, it was bad for a reason. We got divorced for a reason. And so of boundaries around everything. Right. And it wasn't like this happened over even five years. (laughs) It's been, you've been at this a very long time to build it to where it is. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. We've been divorced for nine years. Yeah. Can you speak to anybody who might be listening? That's in a toxic place that knows in their gut that they are not safe and that they need to get out of a partnership, a marriage. And it's, you know, there's such a stigma, like you said, from the church around this what would you say to them? Well, if you're not safe for sure, get out today. Like if you are fear for your fearing for your physical safety and for your kids, if you have them, absolutely leave now. Like don't wait to pack a bag. Like you can buy new stuff or go back for it when he's at work. Um, If you're not safe, go knock on your girlfriend's door. I guarantee you someone, your, your girlfriend 
someone will open the door for you and let you stay with them. I've offered my house to so many people. No one's taken me up on it, but I've offered my guest room to several girlfriends. And I know there is someone who will take you in. Mm -hmm. So get out if you're not safe. If you're just in a top, not just, but if you're in a toxic relationship or have, you know, another besides a romantic relationship, um, decide if you want this person in your life anymore, Mm -hmm. right? Can it be repaired? Can there be healing? Possibly. Um, But you can take a step back from any relationship, whether it's a parent or an in-law, you can take a step back and really evaluate the damage that that relationship is doing to you. And Mm. that person is doing to you and really just say, okay, is it possible to set boundaries around this is, will they accept them? I mean, you can try. And if they don't, if they don't respect them, then, I mean, there's your answer. Right. Um, but there's no one that I wouldn't cut out hmm. if they were bad for me and they just refused to be respectful or kind. I I'll, they gotta go. Mm-hmm. Right. When you are talking about boundaries and someone doesn't respect your boundaries. I think that's like, that's where the rubber meets the road where I've put something in place and somebody's crossing it. How do you like reinforce that boundary? You might lose the relationship. Yes. But like, how do you go about that? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on what the relationship is and what you want out of setting the boundary. Cause sometimes you want to set the boundary and it's because you want them to be like, that's it. I'm out. Right. Because you know, they're not going to accept it. So if you want the relationship to, to be over, that's one thing. If it's a relationship you want to preserve, then you're going to have to have a tough conversation, right? It's going to, it's one of those conversations that you're going to get sweaty and feel sick to your stomach. Hmm. Um, but like, seriously, just be super clear um, be brief about it. Just be like, I have something to talk to you about. This is what I need. And if it's based around, okay, wait, we talk on the phone too much. If it's a friend who's just super needy and calls you constantly, look, I can text. I can't talk for 45 minutes. I can't talk for an hour and a half every other day. I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And how they respond is your answer. But you're like, you gave them an option. I can talk through text. I got to work. I got stuff to do. I have a family. Um, if it's someone who's mistreating you and it's, if it's your husband and he, you know, if he talks to you really disrespectfully and is super controlling and mean, I mean, there's a lot of mean people out there. Um, look, clearly we have set the wrong tone for our relationship, right. And be ready for this not to go over. Well, just an FYI, this is not, Someone who's just been nasty for a while and been getting away with it is not going to like this conversation. So brace yourself, sister. Um, So look, we've clearly set a bad tone on our relationship and we need to do better so that we can make it if this is what you want out of it. Um, This is what I need out of, you know, out of this relationship. This is how I want to be talked to going forward. If you don't, now you got to set a consequence. 
you said what you want, mm-hmm. set a consequence along with it. Okay. Going forward, if you speak to me like X, Y, Z, I'm going to end the conversation and walk away. So just, and, and then you have to follow through with it because once, when they're, you're teaching someone or reteaching someone how to treat you, get ready for, you have to teach the lesson over and over again, because they are so used to one way of this relationship mm-hmm. that resetting the tone of the relationship, it's going to take a while. So you have to be willing to put in that effort. So having the conversation, setting the consequence and being, being willing to just follow through with that is going to have to happen. And it's going to be a process that you're going to have to really commit Mm -hmm. to. Right. I don't think I've heard the word consequence in relation to relation to the conversation around boundaries, but that's what it is. You have to set up both or you really didn't set a boundary. For sure. Cause how do they know how far they can push you? <laughs> right. If you never set a consequence, like, and telling them what you're going to do is good. Like set, like set yourself up for success in this and them as well. Then, then they're not solely sh- so shocked when right. you're like, um, I'm out, like I'm leaving the house. I'm going to go take a walk. Like you cool off. We'll come back to this tomorrow. Right. So that way, you know, cause if you, if you just walk away and you didn't like give them any kind of warning, that's not really fair to that conversation, that relationship either. So Mm -hmm. let's set yourself up for success in this. Right. That's so helpful and valuable. Where can people go who need help healing their relationship with themselves, healing from the toxicity to follow you, find more of what you're doing, the work that you're doing. I am on Instagram at I am Marissa Mize. And I also have a private Facebook community of women only. So if you're a woman and you want a little extra support and you want to be away from prying eyes and like in case your mother-in-law stalks you on the internet and uh, your husband, um, you can find me at it's take flight with Marissa Mize community. And you have to request a join because I want to make sure it's all women and um, there for the right reasons. So I would love mm-hmm. to support you. Yeah. Can you tell me more about the name take flight? What does that mean to you? Um, well, when I started this, I was like, well, I wanted to remember like how I felt when I left and learned how to be me again. And it just reminded me of like a bird flying. And so like soaring above the sky, you know how they just like, it looks like they're just floating and they're so free. Mm -hmm. That's where it came from. I just wanted to be free flying over, over my life and just feeling good. Yes. Which it was such a contrast from the feeling like you had lost yourself, like the suffocating, this is going to kill me. And it it was killing your spirit and you wanted to just soar. I love it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us and teach me about boundaries and learning to trust our own instincts. So valuable. You're so welcome. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I would love it if you would share this episode with a friend so that they can hear this encouragement and be empowered in their walk with Jesus as well. It would also mean the world to me if you would leave a rating and review on Apple for the Abundant Grace Podcast. It really does make a world of difference in getting this podcast into other people's ears so they can be equipped in their relationship with God as well. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram, emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email, hello at emilyklewis.com. That's emily, the letter K, L-O-U-I-S.com. And until next week, remember that God's grace abounds and won't ever run out.